They're actually interviewing you as well because they want to be confident that you are able to satisfy their business needs. And their business needs are obviously to make money. And the way that they make money is to manage deals. And the way to manage deals is to work with investors who actually can close on deals. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with him to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, he's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there and we built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got, And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, All you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, But besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. His phone number, 212-897-9875. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School, and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. Hi, best ever listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication, 
As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, we air a two-part podcast series, in this case, a four-part podcast series, about a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we will offer a document or spreadsheet or resource for you to download for free. All of these free documents, as well as past and future Syndication School series podcasts, can be found at syndicationschool.com. In this episode is part two of the four-part series entitled How to Build Your All-Star Apartment Syndication Team. Part one, yesterday's episode, you learned about the four core team members and the three secondary team members that make up your seven-person or seven-company team. We talked about the six main ways to find prospective team members, and then we discussed the process for hiring a business partner and a mentor. This episode, part two, will focus solely on the process for hiring a property management company. Now, just to reiterate, the most important aspect of apartment syndication, I guess the most important aspect of a successful apartment syndicator, is their ability to execute a business plan. So the best deal in the best market means nothing if you and your team cannot execute the business plan. Keyword there being, for our purposes right now, is being team. So the team is one of the pieces that will help you implement your business plan. So it is very important that you find the correct team members. So for the property management company, their primary responsibility is to manage the property after closing. So once you close on the deal... The property management company will replace the old property management company, and they will be responsible for managing the day-to-day operations. So, filling maintenance requests, maintaining occupancy, things like that. Now, additional services that property management companies may or may not provide based off of the company are one for the pre-deal. They might advise you on what neighborhoods and submarkets to look at. Once you have a deal... They can help you confirm your underwriting assumptions. So your expense assumptions after you take over the property, they can let you know if those make sense based off of how they will operate the property and the market, as an example. Once you have a deal under contract, they can help you with the due diligence process, helping you manage the inspections and the appraisals that happen and all the audits of the current owners, historical financials and rent rolls, and help with finalizing the budget. So finalizing your Proforma, as well as your renovation budget. Once you have the deal closed, aside from their primary responsibilities, they could also help you manage the renovations, help you host resident appreciation parties, help you implement the best marketing strategies, and things like that. Typically, and especially when you're starting out, the property management company is going to be a third party. So you're not going to want to start your own property management company when you're first starting out because you got a lot of other things to deal with and learn about, and you don't have time to focus on that particular aspect of the business plan. But as you grow and get your portfolio to a certain size, which people differ on, which size you should actually bring on your own in-house management company, you can bring the management company in-house and run it yourself or continue on with a third party. It's really up to you. Now, how do the property managers make money? Well, typically, they will charge a management fee, which is a percentage of the collected income at the property. And in general, this could be anywhere between 2% and 10%. But since we're dealing with apartments, you're going to be looking at the lower end of that range because 10% is for single-family homes 
8% is probably for duplexes. So once you go over 100 units, you're looking around 5% or lower. Now, other ways that management companies might get paid are through various fees. So lease-up fees, renewal fees, eviction fees, application fees, marketing fees, referral fees. There are a lot of different fees that they could charge. Again, it depends on the management company and the size of the property. And you might also run into a management company who is willing to help you manage their innovations at a cost, which is the construction management fee, which is typically a percentage of the total rehab budget. Anywhere from 3% to 10% with the larger rehab budgets falling on the lower end of that range. So for example, if it's a million dollar rehab and they are charging you 5%, well then you got to pay them $50,000 out of that budget. So that's just 50 additional thousand dollars you should raise at the beginning of the project. Now let's get into the important aspect, which is how do you qualify the property management company? So... Basically, you'll use one of those six ways to find the property management company. You'll create a list. You will reach out to them. And you will... First, what you want to do is introduce yourself. And when you're doing so, you want to, number one, tell them what you've done or what you're in the process of doing that's getting you closer to closing on a deal. So I would call them up and say, hey, my name is Theo Hicks. I am from Tampa, Florida. And I am actively working with real estate brokers right now to find deals. I've underwritten this many deals. Right now, I'm just looking for a property management company to bring on. Are you willing to spend five minutes to speak with me so I can learn more about your company and you can learn more about my business as well? Because whether you know it or not, this is actually a two-way street. So they're actually interviewing you as well because they want to be confident that you are able to satisfy their business needs. And their business needs are obviously to make money. And the way that they make money is to manage deals. And the way to manage deals is to work with investors who actually can close on deals. At the same time, they also want someone who has realistic expectations of what a property management company is supposed to do. So you're going to have to prove your worthiness before asking them for additional services that I went over. Like coming with you to property tours and helping you confirm your underwriting assumptions. So before we go into how you should prepare for this interview, let's go over the types of things you should be asking and figuring out from the property management company to qualify them. So first, how long have they been in business? Again, pretty simple question. A couple of things about these questions. Number one, don't just call the property management company and ask all these questions in order like a robot. Ask them kind of sporadically, but do your due diligence beforehand to see how many of these answers you can find. So how long have you been in business? You can find that online on their website pretty easily. This is a list of questions that you need to ask either them or kind of ask yourself and find the answers to, whether that be on their website, through someone else, or through them exactly. Because if I was talking to someone and they asked me a question that was front and center on my website, I wouldn't find them very credible. So you want to know how long they've been in business because the longer they've been in business, the more experience they have, which in turn likely means they are more credible. You also want to know what areas they cover. Number one, do they cover the areas that you're targeting? Pretty important. What you also want to know if they are very focused on a handful of target markets or if they are kind of spread out across the nation. Again, not a disqualifier, and it really depends on the size of the company, but if they focus on too many markets, then they might not be able to give you the attention you need And they might not be as big of experts on that actual market because 
They cover so many, and it's impossible to know everything about every single market. You also know if they're actually located in that market. Ideally, they are. Ideally, they say that I've been in business for 20 years. I cover the Tampa Bay market, and that's where our headquarters are located. It just makes things easier for you and kind of indicates their knowledge of the particular market. You also want to know how many units they manage. So total number of units. If they are, for example, the biggest in the market or at the higher end in the market, that's positive because it indicates that they are credible. But at the same time, you might not get the attention that you want because they're working with big time investors and you're kind of a little fish at this point in time. And you might not get the attention that you want. On a similar note, you also want to know essentially what's the biggest unit they manage, what's the smallest building they manage, and what's the average unit count. So you want to make sure that they are able to manage the size of property that you are interested in investing in. So what you'll realize is that when you talk to property management companies, they either specialize in obviously single family homes or smaller multifamily. Then you find companies that specialize in that 10 to 50 unit range. Buildings that don't need on-site management. And then you find other companies who specialize in the 100 plus unit range, or maybe even 1,000 plus unit range, and then everywhere in between. So you want to find a property management company who aligns with your current business plan. So if your business plan is to buy a 20 unit, then you're going to want to find a management company who specializes in those smaller multifamilies. But if you were looking at a 100 unit, then that same property management company would not be a good fit. And I'm telling you, when you talk to them, they will try to convince you (laughs) that they are a good fit. They'll try to convince you that they're interested in moving into that market or they haven't done it before, but they've got the process in place to do so. But at the end of the day, you don't want someone else learning on your dime. You want to find a company who has experience doing that size of a project. You also want to know what types of properties they specialize in. Similarly, the unit size, you also want to make sure that they are able to execute or at least manage the business plan that you plan on executing. So if you're going to buy value at apartments, you want to make sure that you find a property management company who has experience with value-add apartments. You also want to know how many apartments they personally own or that their company owns because that could be a potential conflict of interest. So if they own apartments in your market and a unit goes vacant at your property, a unit goes vacant at their property, which unit do you think they're going to fill first? You also want to have them describe to you what their process is for managing a moderate renovation. Again, this is for value-add syndicators. So you want to know how do they track the work? Who are the contractors? Are they in-house GCs or do they find subcontractors for everything? Who manages these contractors? Who approves the work before the contractors get paid? And then what fees will they charge? So essentially you want to know what to expect during the renovation process from them. What types of updates that you're going to receive? Who's actually doing the work? Is the work being checked? How much does it cost? How long is it going to take? Things like that, because those are all going to factor into your underwriting. How long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost. And then also you want to plan ahead and figure out exactly how to approach your performance reviews with the property management company. And so now you'll know, okay, well, the work is tracked this way, so I should expect the information presents to be in this way. And I know exactly who the contractors are. They're in-house contractors who they've worked with in the past. They're not subcontractors. It's going to cost me this much, and it should be done within 12 months. 
You also want to know if they offer any due diligence services and what the cost is. So will they help you during the due diligence process? Will they perform a lease audit? Will they perform a financial audit? Will they look at the bank statements of the property? Will they help you perform the inspections? Will they walk the appraiser through the property? Things like that. And then you also want to know how much that costs. Will it be free as long as you close? Will it be free if you don't close? Or will they charge you money if you don't close? All things to think about. You also want to get your hands on a list of nearby properties that they currently manage. So then you can go look at these properties and, number one, confirm that they are the type of property they say they specialize in. You can see how well the property is maintained, the area, and kind of get a general feel for the property. You also could ask what special trainings their managers receive from their company. Again, this one right here, again, it's not a deal breaker, but if you're down to two management companies and one has a very specialized training for their managers and the other one doesn't, that could be the deciding factor. You also want to know how they manage the property's online reputation. So I think it's something like 80 plus percent of people search for rental homes online. So the first thing that a prospective resident is going to see is likely going to be the properties ranking on you know, Google and apartments.com and places like that. So you're going to ask them, are they doing anything to make sure that they maximize that rating? And again, this could be a deciding factor between multiple property management companies. You also want to know who the point person is going to be to you. So is the point person going to be the site manager, which is ideal, or is it going to be some lower level employee? You also want to ask them what they see as the site manager's duties. So what do they expect out of the site manager? And does that align with your expectations of what the site manager should do? You can also ask if you can interview and approve the site manager before hiring them. You also want to know what kind of relationship they expect their site manager to have with the owner. So how often do they expect the site manager to contact the owner? And when they do contact them, what types of updates will they provide? Another important thing to think about is what maintenance issues will require approval. So is there a certain dollar amount that is under that dollar amount, then they'll just take care of it. If it's not, they'll come to you and ask for your approval. And they also want to know how accessible they will be. If you call them, will they answer? If not, how long do they say they will get back to you? You also want to ask them if they will provide you with a written management plan. So will they provide you with a renovation plan and a marketing plan that they plan on implementing once you've closed on the property? You also want to ask them about what fees they charge and what is actually included in the monthly management fee. Because sometimes you want the monthly management fee and then you've got all these other fees built on top of that, but you only accounted for the management fee in underwriting. You also want to ask them what type of property management software they use. Really, you want to make sure that they're actually using one. <laughs> you also want to ask how much time it takes to typically do a make ready. So once a tenant moves out of a unit, how long does it take for them to get that unit leased again? So depending on the market, it could be a couple of days or it could be a couple of weeks. You're going to want to know what the average is in that market and what they are committed to doing. Because again, the longer the unit is vacant, the less revenue you are bringing in. You also want to know what types of rent payment methods will be available to the residents. And make sure that that aligns with the renter demographic. So if you're in a low-income neighborhood, then having not collecting cash or not taking cashier's checks might be an issue. Whereas if you're in a higher or fluent neighborhood, then not having the ability for them to submit their rent via direct deposit might be an issue. Also, you want to ask them if they require you to list the property with them upon sale, because some property management companies will put that in their contract. 
You also want to ask if you can have the cell phone number of the site manager, the regional manager, and the national office, just in case you need to get a hold of them. And you can, if you can't get a hold of the site manager, you can go up the chain of command to the regional manager. Can't get a hold of them, you can go to the national level. And then lastly, you can ask them for contact information for a few of their current clients who have buildings that are similar to the types of buildings you will be investing in so that you can go to those references and check things out. Now again, don't just go through this list of questions and ask them in order like a robot to the property management company. Take a look at this list, do your research to see if you can find the answers to these questions yourself. And the ones that you can't find, scatter them out naturally throughout the course of the conversation. Now, as I mentioned, you are not the only person that's doing the interviewing here. The management company will also be interviewing you because they want to make sure that you are able to satisfy their business needs, which means that you're able to close on a deal. So there's a few things that you can do to win the property management company over to your side. And the first one is to be prepared for the interview. So there are going to be questions that they're definitely going to ask you. And if you don't know the answers, then you've kind of ruined your opportunity to present yourself as a credible investor to this management company. So that's why what you do is make sure you know the answers to these questions before you even speak with the management company. Number one, who is your broker? So who is your real estate broker? They're going to want to know that you are actually looking for deals at this point in time. And that is accomplished by telling them, hey, my broker, John Doe from John Doe Academy. Next, they're going to ask you if you've purchased an apartment before. And obviously you haven't, if you haven't before. If you have, you have. If you haven't, this is where your mentor or partner comes into play. So if your mentor or partner or someone else on their team has completed a deal before, then you can say, I haven't completed a deal before, however, I have a partner who's done XYZ and a board member who controls $300 million in apartment communities, so we've got that covered. They're going to want to know what types of properties you're looking for, as well as what markets and neighborhoods. So again, this shows that you know what you're talking about. If you can spit off and say, well, I'm looking for apartment communities built after the 1980s that are 100 plus units that have the opportunity to add value but aren't distressed, that are in Tampa, Florida, in Ybor City, Temple Terrace, these particular sub-markets. That sounds a lot better than, really doesn't really matter, I'm looking for an apartment in Florida somewhere. Those two things sound completely different. So the first method shows that you're active and that you know what you're talking about and that you've done your due diligence And also that they can confirm that they cover the market that you are actually investing in. They're also going to want to know what your business plan is. Again, this will show your credibility and expertise, as well as let them know if it aligns with their specialty. So if someone asks me what my business plan is, I'd say, well, I'm going to buy a value-add property, take 12 to 18 months to turn over and stabilize the assets with my renovations. It'll probably be about five to seven grand per unit as well as some exterior renovations. We'll hold on the property for five years. And then after those five years, we will sell and rinse and repeat. They may also ask you how you actually found them. Not really important, but I have heard that some real estate brokers, for example, don't like it when you say, I found you on a loop net. But again, I don't think this one right here really matters too much. But they might ask you that, so be prepared. They're also going to ask you if you're working with any other property management companies. 
course, because they want to know if there's competition. They also are going to ask you what expectations you have for a property management company. So now after listening to this podcast, you know what the primary responsibilities are as well as the additional duties. So when they ask you this question, you can explain to them that ideally you'd want the additional services, but you know that you're going to prove yourself first. So you'll kind of start there and start with them just managing the property as well as the renovation budget and go from the renovations after close and then go from there. They're also going to know how you actually underwrite the deals. And more particular, they're going to know what assumptions you actually use. And are those assumptions going to be realistic? So if you tell them that you do the 50% rule, then again, you're not going to look very credible. And they're probably not going to want to work with you because since they're the one managing the project, they're going to want to confirm the assumptions. And if they can't confirm the assumptions, they're not going to want to manage the project. They're also going to know how you're going to fund the deal. That's the debt and the equity. So what mortgage brokers are you talking to? What types of debt can you get? What LTV, interest rates, recourse versus non-recourse? Is it Fannie Freddie Mac? Is it going to be a bridge loan? What types of debt are you going to get? And then your equity. How much equity are you able to raise? Who is it coming from? Is it your money? Is it from investors? How many investors? How do you know these investors? Again, it's going to show your ability to close on the deal as well as that you've done your due diligence. If you have no idea how you're going to fund the deal, it's not going to look too good. And then lastly, they might ask you for biographies on you and your business partners. So you might want to have those handy, at the very least have information on your business partners handy. So for example, when they ask you, well, have you done a deal before? They say, well, no, but I have a board member who has done a deal before. And they go, oh, well, and how many deals has he done? How long has he been an investor for? Where does he invest? They might ask you questions like that. Be prepared to answer them. So besides, obviously, being able to answer their questions, there's a couple of other things that you can do as well to win over a property management company. One, which is something you're already going to do because you asked them for a list of their properties, but actually go visit those properties in person and then provide them with feedback. So, for example, let's say you've got a list of five properties. You go to all five properties and maybe a few of them are pretty distressed. There's a couple of issues that are concerning to you. But then one property looks really, really nice and is exactly what you would want. Well, you could go back and say, hey, I visited the properties. Here are the pros and cons of each and questions I have. For property ABC, I went there and realized that some of the roof shingles were missing and the gutters were falling down. And it looked like it hadn't been painted in a while. And it looked like the lawn hadn't been mowed in a while. What's going on? Is that management issues? Is that owner issues? Is that giving you money? What's going on there? I also saw XYZ property, immaculate condition. What's the difference between the owners of those two properties? Why are they so different? Is it the owners? Is it the market? What's going on there? All right, to show that you're interested, show that you're actually out there doing things, that you know what you're talking about, and you truly want to learn and put yourself in the best position to complete a deal. Another one would be for you to send them your pro formers for deals that you're underwriting. Again, don't expect them to fully underwrite a deal for you. What you want to do is say, hey, I've underwritten this deal. Do you mind taking a look at my underwriting assumptions and give me your feedback on them? And typically, they might not send you a thousand-word response, but they might give you a couple of pointers and tips. And again, that's you just building more rapport. And then lastly, and this is just kind of overall, is to have timely follow-up. So after you do a property tour with them, make sure you follow up and ask them, okay, you know, what were your thoughts on the property tour? Can you help me with ABC? Can you help me create some sort of CapEx budget? What types of rents do you think we can get? What are your thoughts on the rent comps provided? But don't wait a couple of days or a couple of weeks to follow up and ask those questions at their property tour. Show that you're serious, that you're putting forth the effort to close on a deal. 
And then really, after completing any task that brings you closer to completing a deal, let them know. But hey, I underwrote this deal. I'm going to go visit it in person next Tuesday. Or hey, I just talked to this mortgage broker and got approved for an additional $1 million in financing. Things like that. So that is the overall process for hiring the property management company. We talked about what the property management company actually does, how they're compensated, and we talked about what you need to do in order to qualify the property management company, but also what you need to be prepared for and what you need to do in order to win them over to your side. Winning over the property management company to your side is going to be important because all of those additional services that they can provide to you that would be at immense value to your business, but they're not just going to do that for any random person who calls them up on the phone and says they found them on Google and wants to become an apartment syndicator. You have to prove your worthiness, and we've gone over multiple tips on how to accomplish that. Now, as I mentioned, this is a four-part series. So next week will be part three, and we will discuss the process for hiring your real estate brokers. So now we're getting into the fun stuff, which is how to actually find deals. So to listen to part one and other syndication school series about the how-tos of apartment syndications, and to download your free team-building document, visit syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you next week. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Best ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to... One, learn more about the causes that we're profiling. We do one a month. Then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.